Hey, it's Katie Meyer. Before you listen to the podcast, I just want to quickly plug the Pennsylvania Legislative Correspondents Association's Gridiron event. If you're not familiar, it's an annual off-the-record comedy show that we do about state politics. The proceeds go toward funding our summer internship program, so it's a great cause. It's being held at the Harrisburg Hilton the evening of Monday, April 23rd. And you can buy tickets online at pacapitalreporters.org. Thanks. Welcome to State House Soundbites, WITF's Pennsylvania politics podcast. I'm Katie Meyer, State Capitol Bureau Chief for WITF. And in a slight change of pace, we are in not the coffee shop today. We are in the Capitol where it's super quiet because no one's here. Um, and with me is Steve Essek of The Morning Call. And Hello. Hi. And Liz Navratil of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys for doing this. So we have a couple things. I guess we'll just go through recent events of this week first, and then we can get into, uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Supreme Court, and we're going to talk about some sexual harassment and abuse, and then we're going to talk about property taxes. So (laughs) save the best for last, always. Um, But uh, so this week, I think probably the most significant thing that happened was the U.S. Supreme Court. uh, Was that this week? Did that... Yes, that was Monday. Oh, my God. It seems like a long week. The U.S. Supreme Court upheld the state Supreme Court's ruling to, uh, you know, declare this uh, congressional maps unconstitutional. So um, people are upset about this, as usual. Um, Steve, what's what's the deal? Well, the um, I I guess technically the U.S. Supreme Court, as well as the panel of uh, judges here in the middle district in Harrisburg didn't technically uphold it. No. They just didn't intervene in it. They right. basically said this is a state fight. Federal courts don't get involved in state fights. And that basically ended the legal challenge as, as far as the uh, court was concerned, or as far as the maps are concerned. So as of this coming primary election in May, everyone's going to have a newly numbered and newly drawn uh, boundary for the congressional district. Now, of course, Republicans are crying foul that um, it was a partisan decision by the Democratic uh, majority state Supreme Court, and maybe it was, but on the same, at the same token, the 2011 map was a partisan decision by the majority of the Republicans who were in control back then. Right. And so um, just to, again, like they really did not say why they were um, ruling this or why they weren't intervening. The U.S. Supreme Court didn't anyway. They had like a one sentence verdict where they were just like not doing it. And then the federal court gave some more information. But as Steve said, it was on standing and not the substance of the case. So standing was just basically like, and as you said, they they're just not going to intervene in this matter. Um, do you know if there's any like situation in which they would intervene? Do we know that? I I don't know the uh, basics of that, but basically, you know, it, if it's a if it's a court decision under the state under a state constitution, then the federal government does not really tend to get involved yeah, in it or the f- federal court, and vice versa. Yeah. So now, in the wake of this, um, you know, are we seeing Republican? I mean, they're pretty much. They seem like they're giving up on this particular fight, don't they? That's pretty much the indication we have right now. I think there is a slim chance that somebody could try to file some sort of other challenge, but the common wisdom seems to be that even if you did, the courts would be unlikely to um, intervene or block the new map because it would cause just some sort of level of chaos this close to the 
uh, primary and general elections. Yeah, and that was a concept that came up over and over again, this concept of like, how do we cause the least chaos? Because this has been a, an extremely chaotic process so far. Yeah, it, it has, and it's confused uh, voters. I mean, coming into this election was already going to be a, a hot, um, exciting election year, which is uh, kind of odd thing because people really aren't into elections. But again, it's uh, President Donald Trump coming into his midterm. Every midterm seems to follow the president's party loses uh, congressional seats, and that can trickle down into House seats, too. That was already taking shape. And then you throw in this entire uh, court mess involving the maps, and it makes everything a little more exciting, a little more unpredictable. <laughs> Which we just don't have enough of here in Pennsylvania. Um, okay, so any other final thoughts on that? I think it's... Well, yeah. I mean, we, I, I, I guess we should talk about the impeachment resolutions. Oh, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a thing that happened. Yeah, there was a couple, uh, there was a dozen Republican House members who introduced resolutions to impeach the four to five justices, depending on how you read that um, document. Yeah. And well, it seems like they were going to impeach four of them. They only filed four. They only filed four, but Max Baer is still listed on there. So yeah. I was counting him on there, too. <laughs> they didn't take him off there. But the um, when, when you think about it, there's only 12 of them. That's 10 percent of the Republican majority in the House. This thing really had no legs at all and it ended up being an embarrassment i think to uh republicans i mean even the state supreme court justice uh thomas uh thomas sailor right yeah okay yeah he uh said knock it off and i think everyone wants that to just knock it off and let the candidates go out and try and convince voters to vote for them. Yeah, and this was, I mean, this impeachment resolution was on the basis of the fact that, like, the Supreme Court, they're saying, because they redrew the maps, they were taking the legislatures right away, they were disenfranchising voters by redrawing the lines. So anyway, um, he had targeted, the um, sponsor of this was the Representative Chris Dush, he's from Puxatawney. Um, and which I, it's not actually funny, but I just think Puxatawney is such a funny place. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're all in agreement there. Yeah, I think so. Um, so anyway, Chris Dush had sponsored this, and he was saying it would disenfranchise voters, and specifically was targeting the Democratic justices. But uh, Saylor, who's a Republican, said, "No, this kind of flies in the face of how government's supposed to function. It's you know." We need to have a distribution of powers. This isn't that. And then um, House Majority Leader Dave Reed, a Republican, kind of threw even more cold water on it last night, right? Yeah. He did. He said that he doesn't believe that a disagreement over um, a court decision alone should be grounds for impeachment. Right. And I think um, that probably speaks strongly for its chances of succeeding or more likely not succeeding. Right. Also, I mean, it, it is a complicated system, yeah. and I, I think it is up to either the speaker or the majority leader to put that resolution into a committee, and I'm not sure it's in there. So it's either up to Dave Reed, the majority leader, or Speaker Mike Terzai mm -hmm. to put that in the committee. And even Mike Terzai said, it's time to move on Let's yeah. for, for the voters. So neither one of them wants to do this, wants uh, the the headache of it. It is a very complicated, lengthy process, only used twice in the last 24 years. 
And this is four justices. Right, exactly. So well, that's four whole justices. That's right. hard to and, impeach. And let's be honest, there's been a lot of uh, public officials in Pennsylvania state government who have been in trouble lately. And there's a Republican House member. Nick Micarelli, right? Yeah, Who's let's in some pretty hot to <laughs> appears to be in hot water. Take it away, Liz. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. So what's the deal with Nick Micarelli? He has been accused of abusing uh, two women and he vehemently denies those accusations. Um, he announced that he is not going to run for re-election. That was the new news this week. That was the big development this week. Um, when he announced he wasn't running for re-election, he said he wanted to make it very clear that this was not an admission of wrongdoing. Um, in any way. So I think there's still a lot of things to be seen in this case, a lot of steps to still um, watch how they unfold. But as of now, that was probably the biggest um, political development, at least in the state house races this yeah. week. And talking to uh, Tara Tuhill, so the, I mean, the allegation is that he abused two women who have come forward. Uh, one's anonymous. One is fellow Republican Representative Tara Tuhill, who, among other things, says he threatened to kill her by crashing his car. Uh, she says he like held her up in her office in the Capitol by her neck. Uh, these are things that have come out in the last couple of weeks. Her lawyers have been, uh, you know, supplying more information. Um, and so it's a very serious allegation. It happened about six years ago, and she says she's just coming forward now because of this whole Me Too thing. She wants to have Micarelli, you know, held accountable for this so he doesn't do it to other women. This is, you know, again, all what she's saying. Um, but uh, it seems like this case is nowhere near over. Just talking to her lawyers, um, they appear to think they have much more on him. Uh, they're pursuing an investigation with the Dauphin County uh commissioner and so district attorney. district no not the commissioner why, why would he be involved <laughs> um <laughs> so a, a lot of titles in this place yeah a county commissioner is gonna you know it's the dauphin county district attorney and uh <laughs> so anyway it, this could go on into a criminal case potentially right 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 it it, it could and uh as the after easter and passover holidays the house will be back the yep. legislature will be back and Nick Micarelli, I assume, will be back. And so it does make it a little awkward for him, I assume. You know, he's he's facing a criminal investigation at this point in time, mm -hmm. as as you said. So it does open it up as far as uh, it, it puts a black eye on the entire um, legislature. And that's a, that's a shame. It shouldn't. But again, it's just part of someone's title. And uh, so his district is in Delaware County. Uh, he, one of the reasons he said he was stepping down was that he wanted to give his, um, you know, party bosses a chance to pick a new candidate. Now, the filing deadline's passed, right? So this would have to be a writing candidate, wouldn't it? Yes, I think so, yeah. Yeah. So uh, right now in the race, there's a Democrat who is, you know, announced to run. Micarelli withdrew on the last day he could have withdrawn. And so now the party's going to have to find somebody pretty quickly. Well, I, I'm not sure. I haven't looked closely enough to see if a Republican had already entered the race down there. I he don't or she think may so. Have. I do not no? know. No. But I, we can check that. We're, we'll put an asterisk on that. It might. If it changes, I'll go back and fix this. Um. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I mean, really, if you think about it, is if you wanted to get into politics and your incumbent, whatever party he or she is, gets in hot water, it's always a chance to jump into a race. I mean, it's a it's a nice uh, living. You make you start out, you make over 
$85,000 to start. So, mm. you know, why, why not jump into the race? Highest, one of the highest paid legislatures in the country. Um, so, yeah, no, it's a great job. So, uh, going forward, I think that's, well, we'll keep you guys updated on the Micarelli situation. But now, um, Steve, you've been doing a, uh, you know, a series on property taxes, have you not? Yes, I have. So, you want to tell me a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, it was a special section that ran in uh, Sunday's morning call. It was a five-part series. We opted to run it as one package as opposed to spreading it out typically uh, in uh, a newspaper over the course of the week. And what uh, me and my coworker Riley Yates did is we spent 10 months examining the 1974 law known as Clean and Green Law that was enacted during the big environmental movements of the 1970s and it basically cuts property tax it cuts assessments for large landowners and those assessments a lower assessment means they get a property tax break however someone has to pay for that and that um the people who pay for it are homeowners and businesses also in those same communities and since the 1970s, this program has quietly mushroomed to become one of the largest annual tax subsidy programs in across Pennsylvania. It's now to the tune of about more than $16 billion. Statewide, just statewide. Statewide. Most count, not every county is in it. I believe it's uh, 59 out of 67 counties are in it. So as a farmer... So the program goes to farmers, but it also goes to wealthy landowners who have mansions, swimming pools, that sort of thing. As long as their estates are surrounded by tilled soil, grass, or woodlands of at least 10 acres or more, they're in the program regardless. It also goes, the same thing goes to non-agricultural businesses. We found records of... Uh, in Lehigh County and Northampton County, there's fireworks factories, there's golf courses, there's quarries, there's Nestle Wooder. There are all these different companies are getting this tax break on what is essentially buffer land. So, I mean, something like Nestle Water, that's a very large company. So they're getting, I'm assuming, a really big tax break. Right. They, they, they are. It depends on it. So on the Department of Agriculture, which administers this, pro, the, excuse me, the counties administer the program, but the Department of Agriculture oversees the program. Department of Agriculture uh, estimates that, you know, the, the average tax, tax break is about 50%, but it can be much, much higher. It could be pennies on the dollar, we found. We went through over... 8,500 parcels in Lehigh, Northampton County alone and um, checked each one of them and and saw how many of them were estates or farms and that sort of thing. But also the state and counties have no firm grasp of how many of these acres and across Pennsylvania it's nearly, it's more than 9 million acres. And the state has no idea how many of those 9 million acres are actually farmed forest or open space because of the, the the different ways the counties count the acreage. And so now I want to make sure, so when this was first established, what was it? It was just a, a resolution to get more green space? Yeah, it, it was a combination. It was a resolution, it, it was started out as a constitutional amendment. Right. 
1973 to preserve farms, open space, and forests. Okay. So and separate from the state forests, just its own thing. This is its own thing. It's private preserves. Mm -hmm. So people who own private preserves have um, a property tax break. Yeah, they, they yes, and it is the the program also the state touts the program as a way to stop development but our reporting showed that there's this law does very little to stop development in in a hot real estate markets you know it's um, market development is market driven and in the Lehigh Valley southeast Pennsylvania York County where the market is really really hot this program does little to stop development despite the cost of it so basically people are willing to develop if it makes if, even if it means losing that tax break in a really hot market right right okay. and and if you give up that tax break the state law says you uh, pay back up to six years of your tax break so it's the wow. savings plus interest now yeah no i'm sorry it's uh seven years plus six percent interest uh you, you pay back but if the development's big enough you just eat the cost the developers will um add that into the cost of doing business so if you're building a massive housing track and right. you're buying those houses the people buying those houses are just paying more to cover that extra cost it takes to develop it so um steve this seems like a fairly significant thing that factors in immensely to this problem that we've had of property taxes being very very high in pennsylvania um i guess just to like give people a sense of like the entire you know the context in which we're talking about this pennsylvania has high property taxes they mostly go towards schools um and the reason they're so high is like that's one of the only things schools can raise and lower in order to pay for their you know for themselves so again a burden on property owners a burden on elderly property owners as well and there's been talk for years in pennsylvania about getting rid of this property tax or at least reducing it significantly so um to what extent does this have an impact on that it has a huge impact yeah. on it i mean if, if you think about it is what what we did as as part of our our story was so Across the state, it was more than $16 billion. So it's a tax shift. So if, if, if your neighbor owns 10 acres, he gets a tax break on there. That means your, mo your millage rates go up for your school, municipal, and county taxes. So we calculated the uh, amount of money people paid in, uh, on property taxes through Clean and Green and what they would pay if clean and green didn't exist and our our research our reporting showed that people's property taxes go up anywhere from one percent up to thirty percent so the more property you have in your local community in clean and green the greater the cost is on you and what did you say the full cost was something like 15 billion dollars uh 16.7 billion dollars in 2016-17 alone that was the amount they were saving that's how much they were saving. However, that just means that cost was transferred on over to other people through higher millage rates. It's kind of complicated, yeah. Um, but it is a very interesting program. Uh, it is uh, it, it's a statewide program. People have been talking about this for decades. Okay, so this and is something that's not a new conversation. Obviously. No, it's not. It's just well, it is a new conversation in the fact that no one's really taking a hard, hard look at it. some Penn State professors. I have studied it, and they came to the same conclusions that we did. A, it didn't stop development, and B, these tax breaks are uncontrolled and unchecked. No and so, one is checking them. 
Is there anybody who's super for this green initiative, you know, for reasons that are outside of property taxes? I mean, obviously businesses, I'm sure, are very for it, but... Yeah, I mean, the Department of Agriculture, uh, the Pennsylvania Farm Bureau, which is the lobbying group, they're, they're for it. They yeah. say ha if it was not for these reduced assessments, there would be fewer farms in Pennsylvania. That may be true, too, but that doesn't... But um, a lot of our readers who've reached out to us since, since uh, we wrote the story said that they had no idea that um, non-agriculture businesses were getting this tax break. Like I said, quarries, golf courses, that sort of Anybody thing. Anybody with a lot of land. Yes, I mean, yes. And uh, one of the um, homes that, that we pointed out was race car legend Mario Andretti. He has a Mario. <laughs> he has a very, very large Italian villa surrounded by um, green space. Mm. And he defended the program as saying, I, I spend already $65,000 on property taxes. He said he pays his fair share. He has nothing to be ashamed for. Uh, he said his, his farm, his large estate stops other development in there. So if it wasn't for his large estate, he said the area would be uh, surrounded by homes, that sort of thing. Well, are people allowed on his large estate? Well, that, that, that's part of it, is uh, under clean and green, the open space category is supposed to be uh, open to the public, but okay. there's no way to know that because no county, aside from Allegheny County, publicizes the open space lands. So, like, am I allowed to go hang out on Mario Andretti's lawn? Yes, okay. technically you would, yeah. But, it, like, would he be mad at me if I did that? Like, would he... I it mean, doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't matter. I just want to know, uh, like, how much this is enforced. Uh, under the in state next week's installment, <laughs> yes. Katie, Katie installs a yeah. hammock on Mario Andretti's we, front well, porch. That, that's funny, because the... the um, you would have to know exactly on his deed where that open space begins okay. and where it doesn't. But the funny thing is the reason Allegheny County does it that way yeah. is about a decade ago, their assessment office told us that a local TV reporter did that. They went around and set up grills and picnic <laughs> benches, uh, picnics on people's property. And they would come out and say, what are you doing? You can't be here. And they would pull out the deed and say, <laughs> yeah, we can be here. All right. I wanted to do that, too. Oh, my too, God. When the we weather didn't. gets nicer, we yeah. should just go have a barbecue. <laughs> but um, it is, uh, to, to get back to your other question, yeah. though, is is this this law is cost so much money it is such an important piece of the property tax debate especially in rural communities and yet nobody talks about well, it well so i want to make sure i have this number correct and i don't know let me know if you don't know this and we'll just cut it out but um how much does Pennsylvania pay in property taxes? I have the number is $14 billion $14 billion dollars. So that's is, less than this is saving large businesses, right? Or large landowners. Yeah, that, yeah, that's so, true. So, like, would we just totally get rid of our property tax burden if we stopped this thing? No, no, okay. no, I, I don't think so. But it would because... Um, it, it would reduce the uh, millage rates of those people who don't get the um, tax benefit. Okay. However, those those same people would then be paying more. And that comes back to the fairness of the property tax debate. Right. Should Farmer Brown be paying more than school teacher Smith? Just because oh, he has lots of Yes, land. he has he has more land, but at the same time is it, it okay, should 
Mary Smith be paying more in, in millage rates because Farmer Brown, because she's subsidizing Farmer Brown. So right. it is, this this law is playing favorites. Well, and it also could be, I mean, I'm assuming this would have to be a constitutional amendment to change it. Because yes, and, yeah. and that's what it was. It was a constitutional amendment. Right, and, and those and, are yeah. really hard to do. So this could be changed in order to uh, to say, okay, now, Nestle, you're not going to get the tax break anymore. All you miners, you don't get it anymore. But farmers may still get it or something well, no, like that. Well, you, you wouldn't have to do a uh, constitutional... Okay, so that could just be yeah, Yeah, it, yeah, it could just be resolution, um, excuse me, le- le- legislation to do that. Uh, you would just need to change some of the acreage. Like, um, you always hear here in the Capitol for everything, one size doesn't fit all for any problem. However, this clean and green law is a one size yeah. issue. It's 10 acres no matter what, but uh, Tim Kelsey, a Penn State uh, professor of agriculture sciences, believes that one of the ways to fix this law is to drop that blanket requirement. He says farmers in the Lehigh Valley, more urban type areas, have different needs based on the size of their land than somebody in more rural, open, yeah. Tioger, Bradford counties. And, For sure. and so the county should have leeway in, in setting up the acreage requirements for this law. It's very much like um, a, a lot of people equated it as saying that uh, the clean and green tax breaks that are afforded in rural communities, suburban communities, are the same thing same thing that urban areas experience because they have more hospitals they have more colleges you know that that type of thing in there and it's true but however here in the state capital no one talks about these interlocking components to the property taxes yeah and so now getting into the larger debate over the property taxes um because we have had some you know minor developments maybe major developments in the last year concerning that we had a uh an amendment, a, a resolution that passed, a constitutional amendment uh, in 2017, in the 2017 election, that um, essentially let us um, take out, it's, it's supposed to ease the way in um, eliminating the property tax for homeowners. But what it did was make a distinction between businesses who pay property taxes and individual homeowners that pay property taxes and allowed us to you know, make businesses still pay them, but cut it out for homeowners should we choose to do so. It didn't do that, but it opened the way for legislation. Now, um, you know, in this whole, you know, discussion, there's been, you know, so much debate about what we would replace that money with, you know, whether or not it's (laughs) possible to do this, you know, again, it's a slow moving problem, and it's been attempted many, many times. But um, I mean, do you see this as something that could be like, maybe help it along? Uh, no, I, I I don't because the, um, the, the there's not enough traction in the legislature to get rid of property taxes because yeah. property taxes are not an issue for every community across Pennsylvania. No. If you live in a community that has a nice mix of homes, commercial, business, open space, it's not an issue there. You're not paying that much because those commercials and business taxes are offsetting your home taxes. However, if you live in a landlocked little township or borough, like in Delaware County, for example, or you live in rural areas that have a lot of this clean and green land, 
then property taxes may be an issue for you. But since it's not an issue for everyone in Pennsylvania, there's not going to be enough traction in the legislature to change it. Because why would one lawmaker say, I'm going to vote to increase your sales and income tax so someone else around the corner can have have a property tax uh, cut? Yeah. Um, And so that's kind of, I think that's a good you know, just like look into what the situation is. You know, we put on uh, WITF's website a bunch of questions, or we opened a portal so people could ask questions about property taxes. Um, and so, not all of them make sense, unfortunately, but uh, we did get a couple good ones. Um, so this is the first one I think we would be interesting to address was, uh, this isn't so much a question, but this guy said, I think we should pay a tax on food and clothing to get rid of school property tax. And then there's like 16 exclamation points. So he feels strongly about this. Um, Governor Wolf has said he will support replacing the property tax with other taxes, but he does not want to tax food and clothing. Um it may seem obvious to some people, but why doesn't he want to do that? <laughs> Go ahead, Liz. I mean, to be completely honest, Im- imposing any kind of tax is a liability politically for sure, sure. anyone running for office, regardless of the political party. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably the shortest and simplest yeah. answer. Well, and it's also, I mean, sales and income taxes are the ones that we usually increase when we look to increase these so-called broad-based taxes. Food and clothing well, taxes, I mean, it's like a consumer, you know, people, yeah, people everyone need needs it. them. Yeah, Those yes. are things that yeah. So need. if you go and buy a uh, pack of bananas or a bushel of bananas, do you really want to pay taxes on that? Right. You, you, you need food to survive. So... Um, I don't think people are willing to yeah. tax that at all. However, the, there are a ton of of uh, sales tax exemptions yeah. here in, in Pennsylvania that maybe may not make sense anymore. Now, when Governor Wolf's first budget, he and maybe and his second, I think, mm-hmm. had provisions in there to start taxing certain items like airplanes and things like yes that. airplanes caskets diapers <laughs> and that sort of yeah. thing and that led to a lot of you know negative ads republicans sure, and sure. other groups uh, ran against him however to do that full property tax shift that some republican lawmakers namely Senator Dave Argel, yep. who's the main architect of this, or uh, is would do the same things. Yep. However, you hear Republicans say it all the time, including House Speaker Mike Terzai saying, I'm not for that because I don't want, and the public should not want Harrisburg in charge of an additional $14 billion worth of your tax money. Yeah. They don't want that because right now, you know, the legislature can often blame, turn around and blame school boards for high property taxes and that sort of thing. And Where it's like, well, you didn't give the school any money, so that's why they Right, exactly. This. So, so, so it really does all go, everyone makes the connection. Right. So it all goes back to the legislature no matter what they tell you. Yeah, exactly. And it's kind of like, so, so now the legislature really is in charge of school funding more so than anything else because the bulk of Pennsylvania school funding comes from local property taxes. Okay, so let's move on to a different question. Um, We have one that says the state's going to hell, which we're going to skip. Wolf must go. This is sickening. Um, Okay, so this is something was hinted at a few months ago that we might see some change in our property tax in the end of 2018. Is this true? So we've kind of covered this. There have been various pushes, but it seems like it's very unlikely that this will happen in the short term. Yeah, it, it, it's highly un- unlikely. And going back to uh, what you were saying, too, about the uh, different 
exemptions for sales tax, that sort of thing. Mm. This debate opens up a can of worms that no one else in the legislature is really talking right. about it, but it's there is right now, it's not just like diapers and food that get sale exemptions. Right now there are certain industries in Pennsylvania that don't pay sales tax on their industries. For example, farmers, manufacturers don't pay sales tax on certain items they buy as part of their operations. So if you go from a property tax system to a sales tax system, you're going to have to tax them because I don't think other people in Pennsylvania be willing to allow others to be basically pay no taxes. Yeah, and if you're someone from a rural area, that's going to be cause to get a lot of flack. And For it's sure. not like these guys represent the entire state of Pennsylvania. They're representing a district that's very locally concentrated and locally centered. Yeah. Absolutely. Another question, why don't they look at eliminating property taxes only for the elderly, 65 and older? Wouldn't it significantly reduce the other taxes needed? Um, Steve's making a face. Steve, you want to elaborate? Well, I mean, I, I, I've had this debate with uh, someone in 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 an email. It's basically a matter <laughs> Steve of... Steve has many debates over well, many mediums. <laughs> it's just, you know, it, it's a matter of fairness. So if, if you're elderly, right? Yeah. Okay, you don't have kids. But your kids went through the system. So why should your you not pay your taxes for somebody else whose kids are now going through the system? Granted, it may be more expensive now, but the expense is always relative, right? So if your kids went through in the 70s or 80s, it was, it was expensive for you back then, so you're supposed to not pay your share. I don't think there's enough of a debate about fairness to current families now. I'm saying this as a parent, mm -hmm. but um, whose, whose kids are in ninth grade, eighth grade, and kindergarten. And it's just, it, it doesn't seem like there's enough talk among legislators at all about what about you know, regular parents right now. Is, is it fair to say, okay, your kids went through, so therefore you don't have to pay for it anymore? Right. You know, I don't, I don't so, know. It's a debate. That's, technically, that is your opinion, but that is the opinion of many people yes. who are against <laughs> this idea of going to the 65 and older tax cut. There's also this idea that, you know, realistically, most people in the 65 and older age bracket are either retired or very close to retiring and have probably made some financial decisions assuming that certain things are going to be in place and i think you would get a lot of blowback potentially if you're a legislator who's throwing a monkey wrench into that well i don't think any person's going to be upset that like oh your property taxes are going to go away enjoy your nice uh, retirement uh, well but, yeah exactly well, so so the, on right, the other yeah right so you, you're right that was my opinion about it but it opens up another can of worms on the legislative side and that is if you stop paying property taxes at 65 are you do you then have to pay income tax on your retirement money yeah. because your retirement funds are tax free right now in Pennsylvania so it's either one or the other which one are you well, willing to it to, might to, not be one or the other yeah. but it certainly could be oh out of fairness to to people under 65 well, it this should is already be. and there's i think yeah. this is worth noting because this is a question i think that comes up a lot um it, because to be fair i think people 65 and older often struggle with property taxes and they feel very upset that they're paying them still but um that being said pennsylvania is known as a really good state to live in if you're older because again you don't pay income tax in your retirement so you know I, as steve yeah. said it, it, it often comes down to like it's a one or the other type of situation you can't you can't have both if we decide to give you both, but 
many lawmakers would balk at doing so. Um, we have a question here, and we know there's really no clear answer to this, but somebody asked what percentage of these property tax dollars go to charter schools. Um, some of them do. It just depends on where you live, basically. Right, exactly. So um, when, when it comes to charter school, it's just a matter of how many kids in your local district go to a charter school. Yeah. That money then flows over to that charter school. So charter schools tend to be in more urban areas and that sort of thing so those property taxes are going to pay for it again it goes back to okay in urban areas they're picking up this extra slack for charter schools because when the legislature created them in 1990s they didn't create a state funding system right. for it. it came back to the property tax system that comes back to the clean and green system <laughs> when they created that in the 70s they didn't create a statewide funding system for it they put it on the property taxes so you have these little you have all these different components that are eating into the property taxes you have open space preservation you have charter schools you also have you know nonprofit institutions so there it's a it's a very very large debate and it's never really fully debated and i think i mean we could get into something so much further into the charter school um black hole but i think we'll leave it at that point for now um any final thoughts on property taxes you want to you didn't get to i think we kind of covered everything I would just throw out there, if you yeah. haven't read, read Steve's stuff, take the time to do it. <laughs> read it. It's a great series. Very complicated material that I am sure he worked tirelessly on while chasing all of the other shenanigans that <laughs> Yeah, you um, said 10 months? That's happened. a long time here. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so that well, would be my plug for reading yeah, his Kudos stuff. to oh, Steve. You. Subscribe <laughs> to The Morning Call. Please do. <laughs> Give to all of our Support your local journalists. Yeah. Anyway, on that note, we will be back next week. And send in more property tax questions if you have them. But don't just say Wolf has to go because that's not constructive for anyone. Um, uh, we'll be back. <laughs>